0: The opinions expressed on this Webmaster Radio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of Webmaster Radio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited.
1: Feeling better, looking better, making life better. It's life tips. Life, life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. life tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts.
0: Welcome back to the Life Tips show, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Joanne Stern. Welcome, Dr. Stern.
2: Thank you so much, Byron. Nice to be here.
0: Pleasure, and just so I, we can all cozy up together. I'm going to call you Joanne throughout the presentation, if that's okay with you. So, Joanne, you are uh, an incredibly successful and and probably popular, I'm guessing, uh, psychotherapist. That's a published author and has had multiple appearances in uh, on radio, on TV shows. Um, Your background is fantastic. We're, We're really honored to have you on the show to talk about the. The, the challenges of parenting.
2: Yes. Um, I did write this book about a year and a half ago, and I've been doing a lot of speaking. Um, the book is called Parenting is a Contact Sport, Eight Ways to Stay Connected to Your Kids for Life. And I've uh, really enjoyed talking with parents about uh, their troublesome parenting issues. <laughs>
0: And we all know that there are some challenges with with this with this sport of parenting. And I just love the the tie in with a with a contact sport as well. It's really brilliant. <laughs> uh, but I definitely know today we definitely a contact to, sport. <laughs> I know today we wanted to focus um, a little bit on on some uh, sort of debunking some popular parenting myths. So I'm I'm very Great. excited to talk with you about that as well. Um, uh, but in general, could you tell us a little bit about um, your sort of uh, methodology and research that went into the book and and, and why you even refer to parenting as, as a contact sport?
2: Yes. Um, what I mean by parenting is a contact sport is you really cannot sit on the sidelines anymore. You have to be ready to jump into the game because real contact with your kids means not just hugging them, but spending time with them, doing activities with them, And most of all, talking with them and being involved in their day-to-day lives in a caring and meaningful way. I mean, you really have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. It's sort of like, I think, hockey or football. You're right in the thick of it. You can't be detached or you can't parent from a distance. And I found that out from parenting my own two daughters who are now grown and uh, married, one with a baby and one with one on the way. And uh, we had a lot of contact. We went, as all families do, we went through... Um, the, the struggles of, of just life. I got divorced. We went through that painful time and just all the things that they go through in, in their teenage years. And, and I wanted to be a parent who stayed connected to my kids. One, I wanted to be the one they wanted to listen to and talk to even during the tough times in their life. So that was my goal, to have that trusting a positive relationship and that's what I'm talking with other parents about as well. Now this is a real challenge
0: of course uh, for for most uh, of us typical uh, parents out there I mean, having said that not everyone is a psychotherapist like you and I imagine a dinner uh, with you even at your kids was was a fascinating event. Well, um, well to I have a not to be a this therapist is, with them. It's but... a PhD in a psychotherapist. <laughs> uh-huh. well, I only say that because that my be father was a. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I only say that because my my father was a professor of philosophy, and my mother was an artist when I was growing up. So, uh, conversations were always lively. Um, they were always bringing great, interesting uh, insights into the world and my life and sports or events or politics. So, you know, these are important things to 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 address. Namely, you know, I think you know, the connection here is
2: that. Uh, The way I do therapy is uh, to listen. Hmm. You really have to be able to get inside the skin of your client and see the world and and the problem and the challenge from his or her perspective. And that's also, I believe, one of the greatest skills of being a parent is to just listen, really listen. Hmm. Listen to what they're the words that they're saying, but also listen to their body language and listen to the tone of voice and listen to, um, you know, the roll in their eyes and the expression in their face and the slump in their shoulders and really be willing to see their challenges from inside their shoes. And you don't have to be a therapist to do that. You just have to learn how to really listen. That's great. That's great. In for. In for in,
0: that's a great start. There's there's hope. In other words, we can learn. To there's be good a lot listeners. of hope. Yes. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the myths um, that 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 you think are really almost uh, critical to learn, um, you know, and to avoid uh, and to reshape how you're thinking about your kids. Um, well, Byron, you
2: know, you know the one. Um, statement that I have heard perhaps more than any other as I was writing my book and as I was traveling around the country talking with groups of parents and, and doing my um, interviews, people would always say, well, but, you know, I understand you want to have a relationship with your kids, but you can't be their friend. I mean, they don't need another friend. They need a parent. And what I always say is, you know what? There's no conflict between being a parent and a friend. A parent who is approachable, accessible, and has their kids' best interests at heart grows a close bond with them. And we just call that a friendship. You can set boundaries and you can have very effective discipline with your kids when you're close with them. More effective discipline than when you're distant or aloof or too controlling. And you know why? Because they respect you enough to obey you. Now, you know, you might say, well, but, you know, you could be too permissive and you can let them get by with things. That's not being their friend. That burning is an art, not a science. And you have to know where to draw the line. You keep your boundaries very crisp and clear. But, you know, I had a a, a mom tell me once, oh, I know teenage years are really tough, and I know, Byron, you have a teenage son, and I know that, you know, you're going through the things that probably every parent does, and her her, uh, solution to the teenage years was to just kind of sit on the other side of those years, sort of imagine them going through a long, dark tunnel, (laughs) which represents those difficult teenage years, and they're coming in contact with, you know, sex, and drugs, and alcohol, and their self-esteem and bullying and, you know, all the issues that kids go through, trying to figure out who they are and their identity. And she goes, you know, if they're going through this long, dark tunnel during their teenage years, I think I'd like to sit on a chaise lounge on the other side of the tunnel with a cocktail and just wait for them to come out. And, you know, you laugh because it's kind of cute, but truthfully that's when you need to be close with your kids to help them get through those years they don't need you sitting on the other side waiting for them while they're getting their information and their support from peers who are just as young and immature and inexperienced as they are they need a parent who with whom they feel safe to talk about the issues they're going through
0: mhm yes and, and and maybe you could offer some tips about um not only establishing a friendship but drawing that 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 important line if, yeah. if, in fact, there is one. Do you have any tips on this specific point here?
2: Uh, I think so. First of all, I, parents need to know that kids want to be treated with dignity and respect. Everybody, truthfully, everybody in the world wants to be treated with respect. You're not likely to share difficult things in your life with somebody who doesn't treat you respectfully, right? Mm-hmm and neither will your kids so if you don't put down what you're doing and look at them when they talk to you if you don't listen um to their feelings as well as their words if you don't um, treat them with respect if you don't spend time with them alone and really let them know that they're important to you uh, then they're not going to feel safe with you if you're judgmental and critical of them they're not going to talk with you so first of all develop a relationship that's filled with respect and another thing that you can do with them to develop this relationship is to practice some mutual sharing now um, you have to know where to draw the line you don't share about the personal intimate details of your life but you want to be able to communicate with your kids if you don't share with them they won't share with you it's just that simple because that's the way communication works so mm-hmm. will be willing to open up and be human and be real. And they'll say, huh, I have a parent who's going to understand what I'm going through because my parent has gone through the same thing. She or he was willing to share that with me. Mm-hmm. So those are two of the things that you can do to develop this relationship. And then the second part of the question, I think, was how do you draw the line, um, right?
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
2: Well, as I said um, just a second ago, you don't want to share with them inappropriate things, the kinds of things that their ki- that their peers share with them. I mean, you're not out on a Saturday night giggling with them about the cute boy in the, you know, corner. You're not trying to dress like they do. You're not trying to use their oh-so-hip-and-cool slang. You are maintaining your parental role. You're not sharing, um, you're not... You know, I know parents who drink with their kids and even do drugs with their kids. Absolutely not. You are trying to be a model for them. After all, you know, the day that your kids were born, maybe even the day they were conceived, you were imbued with a responsibility, really a moral obligation to teach them about life and the world, and that's a serious job. I believe that it's the most serious job you'll ever have in your life. So you don't allow it to slide into some kind of peer relationship where there are equal Privileges and equal responsibilities. You um, maintain a line, but it doesn't mean that you're not open and sharing and respectful and always wanting to be close with them. You can't be too close to your kids. Hmm. Wonderfully
0: said, and, and and we should all be repeating this four times as a parent <laughs> and, and hearing this podcast as after it's uh, after you hear the live version. This is every word you're saying. It's just. Ridiculous touching talk with us about some of the other myths because i bet we can conquer quite a few of them you've you've put you've put some together that are just really spot on
2: (laughs) okay well one of them and i and i talk about this issue as well in my book parenting is a contact sport one of the myths is you can discipline your kids effectively whether you have a good relationship with them or not that's just dead wrong actually your kids give you permission to discipline them and you Hmm. might ask well huh why do they do that It's because you've proven to them over the years through the constancy of your relationship with them that you're fair, that you're not capricious or frivolous, and that you really do care about them and what happens to them. And so they may be temporarily disappointed or angry with you. They may disagree with the discipline, the consequences of their behavior, but they actually grant you permission to have authority over them because they respect you and if you don't think you have that uh, that you need that permission that you can just have any kind of an old controlling cross cranky relationship that you want you know you're really in for a wild ride it doesn't work they will respond to that with disobedience with power struggles with just nightmares and and chaos i'll, I'll give you an example when my two daughters were very young We took in a 17-year-old foster daughter who had problems that we didn't even know about at the time. Mm -hmm. And we did not have the permission. We didn't have the background. We didn't have the foundation of trust and respect between us when she first came to us. And so we disciplined her as though, kind of naively and innocently, as though we did have this permission. We did not have it because we hadn't had a chance to build it yet. However, because she had been accustomed to living in a completely different world where she made her own rules and did her own thing, she began to obe- disobey us. I mean, first in small things, and then they got bigger. She stole money out of our wallet. She stayed at her um, boyfriend's overnight without, you know, any permission. Obviously, she racked up huge phone bills. We were in a in a big problem because. We didn't understand at the time that first we had to work on establishing this close, trusting relationship so that she would respect us enough to obey us.
0: Hmm. There were two things I wanted to then ask you about. One is how do you earn respect, and then how do you earn the trust required uh, to, to then discipline your children?
2: How do you earn the respect? Hmm. Can uh-huh. you give us some
0: tips on... On, on things that you can do to earn the respect of your, of your children as it's aimed towards eventually disciplining them.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, you have to treat them kindly and sensitively, realizing that even very young children, uh, they may not have their cognitive brains developed, but their feelings are very well developed, and they may not remember the words that you say, but they definitely remember how it felt when you interacted with them and when you talked with them. So number one is you need to always treat your children as you would anyone that you admire or respect or want to have a relationship with, and that is sensitively and with their feelings in mind. That's number one. Uh, Number two, uh, you need to be truthful to them. You need to not lie to them. I mean, a lot of parents... Um, you know, your kids ask you a question and you answer it the easy way, which may be to just tell a little white lie because you don't want to quite exactly tell them the truth. But if they sense that you're not being really upfront and honest with them, then, of course, that's setting the stage for a disrespectful relationship and the stage for them to not be truthful to you as well. The third thing is, Do not criticize and judge and ridicule your children. A lot of parents feel like they have the right to do that simply because they're the parent. But once again, um, you're actually severing the relationship instead of building it if you judge them. It doesn't mean that you don't discipline them, but you do it with respect. You do it with sensitivity to their feelings. Uh, Kids make mistakes. They're going to do stupid things. (laughs) That's what kids do. But instead of criticizing them and being harsh with them. That's the time to honor those mistakes and sit down with them and say, "Okay, let's go over what you did here that didn't work out. How did you make this decision? What process did you do to make the decision? How could you make a better decision the next time? How can I help you set this right?" And then you might even share with them a time when you've made a mistake because it makes you human and they can relate to that. So those are those are three ways that you can um, develop respect in the relationship which then leads to your ability to be able to discipline them effectively does that make sense
0: it does it's a chess move and you really have to stay want to stay on top of the a game here that's for it's sure. a great
2: way to describe it a chess game yeah it, it <laughs> takes it, a lot of thought and a lot of time <laughs>
0: against a master chess player which is often right. yourself right right you're, you're playing against yourself it's 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 You often need to do things that are counterintuitive to what you think you should do as a parent.
2: You know, I I like that you say that because um, one of the other myths that I had is if you don't punish your kids when they do something wrong, they're going to turn out to be wild and out of Mm. control. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that's a myth is because, of course, kids are going to do things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. But your most important job as a parent is to teach your kids not to punish them because most kids react to the punishment and they miss the lesson. Mm. So if you're just attacking them with ridiculing, punishing, harsh words, they're going to freeze and only react to your behavior towards them, and they won't even learn a lesson. They won't learn how to do it better the next time. If you don't, if you don't have the opening and the opportunity to talk with them, about what they did wrong and what they how they can do it better the next time. They aren't going to learn. And um you will miss one of the greatest opportunities to parent your kids that there is, which is to teach them how to make their way in the world and how to make good decisions and how to be self-reliant and independent.
0: Okay, let's challenge you on some big issues like give us some myths regarding uh you know computers and even uh you know, well let's let's handle let's handle computers first and okay. online access, and then let's dive in perhaps to, uh, to cell phones and mobile and text messaging. But let's tackle computers first, you know, locking, blocking, and monitoring their computers. Okay,
2: okay. And I'd also touch upon this in my book, Parenting is a Contact Sport. Mm-hmm. The idea is if you think you can lock them and block them out of their computers, you're dreaming. Uh-huh. I mean, once again, the whole mantra for a parent is stick close and stay connected, be the one your kids talk to and listen to, even during the tough times. Because if you try to control them, they just turn off and shut down. Rather than that, you need to be talking with them and teaching them about the dangers of these chat rooms and websites. And honestly, Byron, the predators that lurk behind the on buttons of their computers. Mm-hmm. So locking and blocking doesn't make it. Obviously, even if you could lock them and block them out of their computer at home, they have access to their kit, their friends' computers, cell phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, technology is all around them. It's simply not possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you
2: actually recommend
0: surfing the web and even boards and forums and other potentially dangerous areas with your kids?
2: I, I always the line there? included... When I, my kids were growing up, of course, computers were hardly on the horizon, they weren't an issue, but but I've talked with so many parents who actually do that, and I would have done that with my kids, because I believe that doing that kind of thing with them and showing them what is out, th- it's not like you're going to tell them something that they don't already know or that they can't already find it out on their own, mm-hmm. so the fact that you're open and willing and not afraid to do it with them and show them what's there that you don't want them to be involved with then gives you the opportunity to be able to sit down and talk with them about why. And that's the goal. It's always about talking with them.
0: Let's take uh, just a a brief station break here, everyone, and uh, we'll be back with some more great tips on debunking popular parent myths and talking more about how to be a better parent. Back in just a minute.
1: Life Tips will be right back after this short break.
0: Bruce Clay.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With seofox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. CEO Coach Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: And now, back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts.
0: We're back here. Joanne, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for again for being a guest. Thank you. So these are some real challenges, and I wanted to ask you about um, texting and the distractions that are seemingly happening with the relationship of parents um, and the ongoing uh, feeling that when you're having a conversation with your child, they are, in fact, having simultaneous conversations with their friends at the same time. <laughs> this uh, is true. And, and what your take is on, on that new distraction that's that's part of our, uh, our world these days.
2: I uh, recently did uh, a series of focus groups in a high school where I talked with the kids about uh, social media and texting and cyberbullying and their whole technology world. And what I discovered is Literally everyone's on Facebook and Twitter, and Facebook was the big one in the schools where I was talking. So I don't know, honestly, Byron, whether parents are going to be able to um, block them from doing I don't know if they should. It's their world, and it's the way... Um, that they interact with their friends. They did say that it oftentimes takes them four times as long to do their homework because they have Facebook on simultaneously and they're going back and forth and back and forth between their homework and their friends on Facebook. So, um, you know, each parent is going to have to figure out where they're going to draw the line. But I do believe that it's fair for parents to draw the line when when they're interacting as a parent. Families are a little bit sacred, and um, a lot sacred, I believe. It's the place where kids uh, get to come to feel grounded, to feel safe, to feel rooted, to feel supported, and. During that time, I think it's fair for everyone in the family, mom and dad as well, to say we're going to set up aside and do this with your family so that they're on board and they buy into it. Make it part of your family business plan, if I may, you know, a, a plan for the for the family to stay together and say there are going to be certain times during our family time, dinner time or whatever, that we are all going to turn off our technology because we believe that we are important enough that we want to spend time together, not distracted by these other technological intrusions. I think that's fair. I think that's important to do. And if, if you discuss it as a family and make a decision as a family to do that and everyone complies, it can be very, very powerful and a really wonderful bonding time for families. You know, dinner time is such a great time. I've heard so many families say, talk about the death of the family dinner because not only because of physical Um, distances where parents may be traveling, working, or kids are out doing activities, but because of these technological interruptions. So I think it's very important for families to let their kids know that they are so important that they want to set aside time where it's just us face-to-face. And I believe that parents also have a, a right to along with the agreement of their kids as part of a family discussion and decision to say there will be a certain time at night where all technology will be turned off. Because one of the things that happens, Byron, is these kids get texts in the middle of the night. I mean, boyfriends are stalking their girlfriends by texting them in the middle of the night, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, it's too much. It's just too much. It's an invasion, and uh, parents need to be able to feel like they have some power to stop the invasion. Do you think in
0: general children are being faced with more challenges um now more than ever particularly with technology coming into play communication skills are required even in the social sphere um I it's easier that to approach now, people in my book, yeah
2: In my book, Parenting is a Contact Sport, I have a whole chapter on communication because I think it's vitally important not only for our personal lives but our professional lives to be able to communicate forthrightly, openly, honestly, have some communication skills. And those are skills that we as parents can help our children to learn and to learn well. The problem with all the technology and the challenges that our children uh, are facing, and in my case, my grandchildren are facing, is that um, you don't really learn to communicate when you're online because you speak in little, little bullets. And the kids that I did my focus groups with actually uh, agreed with me on this. They said that there are a lot of kids, teenagers, who are not learning social skills and communication skills because they relegate a lot of their communication to online communicating and it comes in the form of little bullets you don 't have an opportunity to practice um, you know empathy with the other person to join and connect with them on a feeling level to read body language to to interact um, in real time as opposed to you know, computer time, you don't have the opportunity to learn how to read emotions and and really get inside the skin of the other person and really be there for them. So there's a lot about communication that gets lost uh, when they're doing it on Facebook and other social media outlets. And we as parents um, have, I believe, a responsibility to uh, realize that and teach our kids those skills because uh, they're still extremely important.
0: Yeah, this this is certainly an essentially contested concept, no question about it. Um, you know, on the one hand, you know, and I just want to see where you weigh in with both sides of the coin if I could present them to you. You yeah. know, on the one hand, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't use a calculator, you know, in 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 a in a uh in a math class, right? Right um you know yet that made no sense. You know we needed technology we needed <clears throat> to advance our skills um and on the other hand, you know, maybe you know this short brief you know uh you know tech communication that we're seeing right now you know as a technological advancement is is hurting perhaps some of the skill sets but um but at the same time. <clears throat> there's like a different language that's being written. It's literally Greek to some people <clears throat> when you start looking at the actual linguistics of abbreviated words, and, and I mean, it's like a new tribe is being uh, formed out there <laughs> with, with communication, which is terribly exciting, um, I think. Um, you know, you don't need all the characters to, 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 you know, to connotate what the word thanks means, you know, yeah. th- Thx, th-x you know? will do it. You know, Absolutely. or uh, a wink is now, you know, you know it displayed in, in, in two character counts, you know, yeah. which is kind of interesting,
2: really. I, uh, I completely agree with you And your original question was, are there more challenges for kids yeah. than there were, you know, 10 and 20 years ago? And I think this plays exactly into your question. Absolutely there are more challenges because kids do have to learn this new language. There were, we don't even have any idea where their world is going to go, yeah. but, it's, but if we don't um, promote and encourage our kids with keeping up with the technology, they will get so far behind, they will literally not be able to live in their own world, so it's extraordinarily important for them to do that, but I also believe that human beings are still human beings, we are not mm-hmm. yet robots, we mm-hmm. still have hearts, we still have souls, we still have feelings. And in addition to learning this new computer technology language, we also have a responsibility with our kids to teach them and promote what you know we might call old-fashioned communication, which is sitting face-to-face, looking at one another in our eyes and sensing the feeling being of that other person and being able to connect with that and talk face-to-face, there's a lot of research that indicates that that is extraordinarily important, not only in intimate personal relationships, but also in business relationships. Leaders Mm -hmm. in business who have real communication skills of showing empathy and nurturing are um, extraordinarily successful as leaders, as opposed to those who don't pay attention to the human being employee that they work with such a wonderful conversation with you here let's go back to some of our roots
0: of you know sex drugs and and and, and rock and roll and okay. alcohol <laughs> it's probably more appropriate what are some of the myths that you can help us debunk in that space okay report? well that's
2: another chapter in my book sex drugs and rock and roll in my book parenting is a contact sport and the bottom line for that is sex Drugs and alcohol will come up in your family. There's no escaping it and there's no avoiding it. It just will be there. There's also no magic bullet to prevent your kids from being involved. But my point is the earlier you start talking with your children about all three of these issues in appropriate ways and age-appropriate ways, the more normal these conversations will be and the more comfortable your kids will be in talking with you about it when they really come up and become important in their lives. Once again, it's your ability to talk with your kids and your opportunity to share with them your own wisdom, knowledge, and experience that gives you, honestly, the greatest chance of preventing them from getting involved. Um, preventing them from having sex too young or getting involved inappropriately in drugs and alcohol. It's all about your relationship with them and how well you've been able to talk with them about it. Hmm. Controlling them just doesn't work. Control doesn't work. You know why control doesn't work?
0: Hmm. I tell us.
2: <laughs> because control is an illusion. It isn't even even—it isn't even real. You know, when kids are little, um, they think... they think that you, as a parent, have control over them. And it sort of seems like you do because you're big and they're little and, you know, you say do this, do that, and they think they need to. But probably your own son figured this out. My kids figured it out. As soon as they get older, they just realize suddenly that you can't be walking by their side every minute whispering instructions in their ear and forcing them to do things your way. I mean, honestly, Byron, we can't even guarantee that our kids are going to do what we want them to do when they're in the same room with us. So we have no uh, real prayer of a chance of them doing what we want uh, when they're away from us. So it's not about control. It's about... Gaining the respectful relationship where you can talk with them and teach them about how to make wise decisions and how to think things through and how to become a leader, not a follower, that is going to make your kids successful. Hmm. That isn't about control. It's about talking with them.
0: Hmm. I I want to ask
2: you about a word that I think
0: is really important for overall child development, and it gets way overlooked with its utter importance. You ready for this word? Are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) Fun.
2: Oh, fun is so important. You know, families who have fun together are the most likely families to be if I may use the word successful and what I mean by successful is that they like each other, they enjoy being together, they feel safe together, they are respectful and in that context then the parents have their best opportunity not only to just have a heck of a good time raising their kids but to really teach their kids to be, uh, reach their highest potential. So Fun is one of the most important things that you can do as a family. I recently have been putting together a talk that I'm doing in a in a month or so and I and I emailed both my daughters and said, What do you think were some of the values that we lived by when we when you guys were growing up? And they gave me a list of about five and six. Both of them put fun. You know, kids are willing to listen to your serious conversations and your lessons about life for a while. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give them an opportunity to just laugh and laugh at ourselves and about ourselves and just have pure, unadulterated fun, I mean, they're going to go somewhere else to do that. Uh, It's the holiday
0: season, and I was flying back from um, the AFCON event, actually, this weekend down in Miami, which was a great event put on by Uh WebmasterRadio.fm. Great job, everyone at WebmasterRadio, putting that on. Sensational event. Uh, But I was watching uh, Will Ferrell's uh, movie Elf. Oh,
2: I haven't
0: seen it yet. Oh, you must see it. It, Okay. It has this, Will Ferrell has this gift about him, of course, that I'm sure you're familiar with in his humor and his comedy, but it, it parallels this world of parenting and children and mindset and humor and naivety and all of these things come together and you just laugh, you know? But, it's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful, but to, to to take a movie like that as a parent, go see it with your kid, and then talk about it, yeah. about the funny parts of it, doesn't that get Isn't that a great way to learn together,
2: you know? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah. I mean, you watch it, you laugh, you have fun together, yeah. and because you had fun together and because you did it together, It gives you, once again, the opening to talk about it all. And, gosh, one of the funnest things about raising your kids is listening to their ideas, their thoughts, their views of the world, what they believe in, how they think about things. It's exciting to watch these kids go from tiny little infants to, you know, self-reliant adults and watch them blossom and bloom along the way. And you do that by getting inside their heads and creating these opportunities for them to let you know what they're thinking about. It's terrific. But not only fun in just talking, fun in doing stuff. I mean, I'm a big believer in both doing and being. Again, in my book, Parenting Mm. is a Context Sport, I talk about how important it is to do things with your kid. We kids, we skied. I live in Colorado. We hiked. We rode bikes. We camped. We did so many fun things together. And a lot of parents just love doing doing with their kids. But Mm. they're sometimes not so good at just, being with their kids, because that involves talking with them and listening to them and being mm. comfortable with the sometimes, like, scary things your kids say to you. It's, there were times when I said, uh, do I really need to know all this? And they go, yeah, Mom, you always told us you wanted us to tell you everything, and so we are, and you have to laugh, because I'm sure you've experienced this with your own son, Colby, that sometimes they, when you have that kind of a fun, open close relationship they tell you things that you go oh my gosh this is maybe too much but it's all part of the package and it's terrific yeah
1: Byron uh, forgive me I have to go ahead and jump in um, I have a live show i got to do in the studio in just about four minutes so I must wrap up I apologize sure
0: no problem we'll Thank cut you. that out later uh, and I was about to do just that George thanks very much <laughs> for the heads up we're just having so much fun we can I hardly know. stand it over here no <laughs> um, so I'll do that right now So. Thanks. Well, Joanne, this has just been such a great opportunity to learn about our own parenting, of course, it sounds like we've done it, um, and to reflect back upon what's important and what is important. Um, I know you're working on a new book. Could you give us a hint with, with, with your next uh, book? That you're yeah, working
2: on? I'm, I'm working on a book project that's about working moms, and um, the idea that Motherhood is not a gap in your resume. Motherhood is actually a very powerful training ground for leadership skills. So the book will um, look at the very important um, leadership skills you learn from parenting your kids at home that transfer to the workplace and make you even more effective as a leader at work. Hmm.
0: Fascinating. Can't wait to learn more and to hear more about that. We'd love to have you back on the show when that book is ready to go, (laughs) ready to start promoting. In the meantime, just really great words of wisdom here. Uh, thank you so much, uh, again, for being on the show. Um, thank you
2: for having me, Byron. It's been great fun.
0: Yes, indeed. We'll look forward to more conversations with you and, uh, until uh, next week.
2: How do you, by the way, how
0: would you like people to get a hold of you, Joanne, and or visit you or find your book on the web?
2: Oh, I have a website, which is www.parentingisacontactsport.com. And um, all my information is in there. There's also a link to Amazon. If people are interested in my book, you can buy it at Amazon directly or through my website as well.
0: Terrific. Thanks again for being on the show, Joanne.
2: Thanks a lot. Until next week, everyone,
0: I hope your life is a little bit smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and particularly when it relates to the challenges of parenting. Thanks again for listening in, everyone. We'll see you next week.